So we're going through Second Peter, and uh, we're going to be tonight on cha- uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, so let me read that to you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things. That was the things that he said in the previous 11 verses. Even though you already know them, and you have been established, you ever t- tell a kid something, and they say, I know. I had eight kids, and they all did that. First thing, you start telling them something, and they'll say, I know. So Peter he evidently had that same problem, because he says, even though you already know them, I know you know it. Pay attention anyway. And have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. Knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, Peter knows he's going to die pretty quick. As also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Now be, uh, and I will also be diligent so that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. And so Peter is basically saying, okay, if it depends on me, you are not going to forget any of the stuff that I've taught you. Because I'm going to tell it to you, and I'm going to tell it to you, and I'm going to tell it to you, and I'm going to tell it to you again and again, and I'm going to continue to remind you and stir you up by reminder so you never forget. So, I do that. Some of you are saying, I know, I've heard some of your sermons 10,000 times. They're not the same one, I change the stories, at least some of the stories. But repetition is how we learn. It's how you learn. It's how I learn. Number one in your notes, science says that our brain can get stronger even if we get older. And it also can get weaker. That is, it can reason better, faster, more accurately, or the opposite. And so our brain, like a muscle, uh, can get stronger. I uh, ride a stationary bike an hour every night. And I also go out and lift weights in my little weight room I've made uh, two or three times a week. And I have this little app on my phone. When I I do five repetitions, I push this button. And I do five repetitions five times. And when I get to the fifth one, it tells me, you're finished with that set. And I move on to the next one. The next time I go out to lift, I push the button. And it tells me how much weight to put on based on what I did the time before. If I only was able to do four times, then it'll drop it a few pounds. If I got the full five times five in, then it'll up it a couple of pounds. And so the goal is to be faithful and diligent so that by the time I die, I'm stronger than Arnie Schwarzenegger. Uh, my goal, basically, is just not to go backwards and uh, stay reasonably strong so I can reel in a salmon. I, that's about all I care about. And so... Uh, we can get stronger, or if we neglect our muscles, uh, we'll get weaker. I remember I broke my leg when I was in college. I slid into second base playing baseball, and my spikes hit the bag, and I flipped over the bag and broke my leg, and I, so I got a cast put on it. And, uh, and so when they took the cast off, I looked at my leg, and it was like, that's not my leg. That's way skinnier than my leg. Just a, a few weeks in that cast, and it shrunk. The muscles got weaker, and the diameter was less than it was. And so 
we can get stronger, we can get weaker. That's true of our physical bodies and it's true of our mind. Now, as we get older, it takes a little bit more to keep everything stronger than it does when we're 20. But the fact is, we can stay strong and we can not go backwards if we work at it. Number two, the book of Proverbs suggests that our ability to think clearly and make wise choices can grow. That's the theme of the book. Read the book of Proverbs. The theme of the book is seek wisdom, seek knowledge, seek understanding, seek it like gold, silver, precious treasure, and you will find it. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. On the top of roofs, at the head of the streets, wherever you go, there's wisdom and understanding and knowledge. If you seek it like gold, silver, precious treasure, you will become more wise, more knowledgeable, more understanding about life if you seek it. And so Proverbs has got 31 chapters. And as you read through the book of Proverbs, I read one chapter every day. So I read through the book every month. And repeatedly it says over and over and over again, seek, seek, seek. And you will become wiser, smarter, You'll grow in understanding and knowledge. Number three, there are lots of different exercises and games that have proven effective in increasing brain strength. Common denominator in all of them is repetition. So they're always, you know, these scientists are always trying to figure out how we work and how we function and how we can function better. And so they've discovered easily that you learn more and you do that through repetition. Through repetition. So you know that uh, when I was learning multiplication tables, my mom would hold up a card. The answer was on the back. And, uh, and I would say uh, three times three, and I would say eight. And she would say, no, it's nine. I said, you cheated. You saw the answer on the back. And she says, I'm the teacher. I get to cheat. So quit fooling around. What's the answer? Okay, let's do it again. We'll put it in there and we'll pull that one. Do it again. Three times three. Okay, I got nine. Ha. So you repeat, you repeat, you repeat, and you repeat, and you all knew three times three, didn't you? Have you forgotten that over the years? The other day, I couldn't remember six times nine. Let's see. What is that? 48? No, no, no. Anyway, I won't. um, I thought I'd have to go back and learn my multiplication tables. Number four, in the scientific experiments that were done with kids, it was shown that brain strength increases exponentially with increased time of repetition. Now you understand that word exponentially. That just means that if you repeat it six times and you get a certain score, when you repeat it 12 times, logically it would seem like the score would double, but it does more than that. It increases more than double. And so as something is repeated over and over and over, our ability to retain it goes up. Uh, And we retain more with less repetition as we continually get this information repeated into our brain. The biblical word number five for repetition is meditation. Meditation. Now the word meditation, if we look at it from the opposite side, means more than repetition. It means to reflect, to think about, to think reflectively, think seriously. Uh, There's all kinds of, but at the base of the word is repetition. You meditate on something by thinking about it over and over and over and over again. Number six, biblical meditation would include reflective thinking. But the key component is is memorizing for the purpose of repetitive thinking. Memorizing is the way that you meditate if you don't have it written down in front of you. 
So if you're going to meditate on basic truths in the Bible, you have to memorize it and then go over it, review it over and over and over. And as you do that, it begins to be ingrained in you, uh, in, into your very uh, subconscious, into your heart, as you go over and over and over and over it. Psalms 119, 47 through 48. I shall delight in your commandments, which I love. I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Number seven, memorizing Bible verses and reviewing them regularly will make our brain stronger. So, number of years ago when I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, I got every book ever written on the topic. And I read them all. And one of the things it said is that most people with Parkinson's will have senality issues much earlier than most people. Their thinking will begin to get uh, shaky. And I thought, that's not going to work real well if I'm standing up preaching and I can't remember where Revelations is. Or Genesis. Where's Genesis at anyway? That's gonna, you're going to think, wow, what kind of pastor is he anyway? So I, I needed to be able to think and remember. And so I thought, well, I don't want to go senile. And so I started reading about that, and, and one guy suggested that you memorize the phone book. The phone book? It wasn't the phone book. It was just the exercise of memorizing. It kept your brain strong. And so if memorizing keeps my brain strong, I'll memorize the Bible. And I will influence my heart and keep my mind sharp at the same time. Number eight, memorizing Bible verses and reviewing them regularly will give us more and more wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The Bible is the very mind of Christ. Memorizing verses, reviewing them over and over and over. If you don't review them, you'll forget them. Review them regularly. And as we do that, we will grow in wisdom, we will grow in knowledge, and we will grow in understanding. Wisdom is knowing what to do, what to say in any situation or circumstance you're in. You know exactly what to say, you know what to do, no matter where you're at, that's wisdom. If you don't have wisdom, then you say dumb things, you do dumb things, you make wrong choices. So wisdom, you get it from the Bible. Psalms 119.97 Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. That's like an amazing passage. I know as much as those who are gray-haired, I guess I am, and uh, teachers and my enemies. Why? Because your word is ever mind. I meditate on it. I think about it all the time. And I can only do that if I, I think about it over and over, if I've memorized it. Number nine, what we think about predominantly is who and what we become. What we think about predominantly is who and what we become. So if you're going to change your behavior, you have to change your thinking. And if you don't change your thinking, you're not going to change your behavior no matter how hard you try because you're going to do what you think about predominantly. That's just the law of life. Romans 12, 2, 
do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the best way, the easiest way, the most powerful way to influence your mind to transform your thinking is to memorize Bible verses. The devil wants to control you. He wants you to do his will rather than God's. And he does that by talking to you, his demons. And you hear them in your thoughts. I'm doing a class on Sunday mornings between the two services on demons and angels. And we talked about this this last week. Is that they just walk up to you and talk to you. And they say, don't read the Bible. Don't go to church. Don't pray. You're too busy. That's the preacher's job. You just have those kind of thoughts pop into your head. And you'll also have thoughts about people. You look it over somebody and they see where you're looking. And they'll say, wow, he's ugly. Where'd that come from? Thoughts pop into your brain all the time. And they will control you if you don't learn how to control your thinking. How do you control your thinking? By memorizing Bible verses. And then you learn how to substitute wrong thinking with right thinking because you've memorized Bible verses. Ephesians 4.17 So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles also walk. Don't act the way the world acts. In the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. It's all about what we think about, what's in our mind, what we uh, think. Joshua 1, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means you're taking it in all the time. You shall meditate on it day and night, day and night, day and night, day and, and the result, so that. You may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. If you memorize Bible verses, meditate on those Bible verses, you will begin to live those Bible verses in your life and you'll do it automatically without even thinking about it because you're controlling what comes into your mind and you're meditating on it and that controls how you act. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, day and night, day and night so that the result being you will do according to all that is written in it. And then the cool part then you will make your way prosperous. Ah, I love that. You'll have success. You'll catch lots of fish. You'll raise good kids. You'll do well at work. Uh, your tomatoes will have lots of tomatoes. <laughs> you'll be prosperous and you'll have success. And Psalms 1 would say, at whatever you put your hand to. Number 10, we are responsible by God. We are held responsible by God concerning what we think about. God knows what I think all the time. He knows what you think all the time. I don't know what you think. My wife doesn't know what I think. Sometimes she thinks she knows what I'm thinking, but she doesn't even have it. I mean, she's not even close. Most of the time, I can talk to you, smile, shake your hand, say, wow, you're a nice person. At the same time, be thinking in my head, you're a jerk. You have no clue. I can do that. I can act totally different than I'm thinking because you don't know what I'm thinking. Nobody knows what anybody else thinks. Did you know the devil and demons don't know what you're thinking? Only God. 
Only God. And he knows what you're thinking very, very clearly. Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the result of his deeds. I search the heart. I test the mind. Revelations 2.23. I will kill her children with pestilence. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds. Searches the minds and hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. So one of the things that I've done is I wrote down a number of years ago the thoughts, the kind of thinking that I have periodically that I don't want to have. So one of them, right at the top, was immoral thinking. I don't want to think immoral thoughts. Uh, Even if I'm walking on the beach, I don't want to think immoral thoughts. And so I memorized Bible verses that corresponded to that, uh, that as soon as an immoral thought popped into my head, I immediately set my mind on that scripture verse. You can't stop thinking about something, but you can exchange your thoughts. You can set your mind on something different. And so the verse I almost always go to when an immoral thought pops into my head is, if a man cleanses himself from these things, and the context is uh, moral purity. If a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, useful, I love that, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. I mean, it doesn't take me just a couple of seconds on that, and all the immoral thoughts are gone. If a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Another area of thinking is covetous thinking or greedy thinking or discontent. I would sure like that car that he's driving. My pickup is an old beater. I'd sure love to have what he has. I'd like to have a better one, a bigger one, another boat, another fishing rod, another gun. Oh, man, that's the end. So I want to be content Content, content. So greedy, discontent, um, covetous thinking. I have verses for that. I memorized. And when I start thinking about stuff, I set my mind on those verses and think about those. Prideful thinking is probably the one that I struggle with more than any other. Now in another month, I'm going to go over... uh, to the coast and spend three days with about 50 pastors. And I like pastors. I just have to think that I'm better than all of them. <laughs> Not really, but that thought pops into my head and I go, ooh, yeah, get that out of there. So I don't, I don't want to think that. I know I'm not, but where does that come from? And, uh, but do you know when I have a worse time with prideful thinking? It's when I'm fishing with Jerry. I'm such a better fisherman than Jerry. It's not even funny, you know? Where'd that come from? So, uh, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I go over that verse and over that verse. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so we're sort of naturally prideful. We all are. We are born that way. And so... God doesn't like it. I don't like it. And so I want to get rid of it. Another one is critical judgmental thinking. And somebody wears certain clothes, talks a certain way, acts a certain way, and we, we are critical. 
in our thinking, judgmental uh, in regards to them. Bitter thinking. Uh, When I look at you, I remember something you did 79 years ago that hurt my feelings. You think, how do you remember that 79 years ago? I don't know. It's just your face brings it back. (laughs) And I think, you want. And so let no root of bitterness springing up cause trouble in your life and in the lives of those around you. Let no root of bitterness spring up. And so that bitter thinking, it's just amazing how stuff that's happened to us, people have said things, done things, little and big, and it just pops on our head through the whole course of the day. And we can go around and around. We can think about that over and over and over again. But I don't want it to stay there. Another one is fearful thinking. Uh, Somebody asked me the other day, they said, I really feel guilty about not witnessing more. I said, I can fix that for you. You can? Yeah, we have a guy in our church that takes people out uh, to uh, Chemeketa and Lynn Benton and down to malls, and you just go and walk up and start witnessing. He teaches how to do that. And and the look on his face just looked like I had asked him to jump off a 100-foot cliff. It was, it was, I just, I just started laughing. It was so comical to see his face. It was like, oh. what was in his head? I could read his mind. Fearful, fearful thinking. You get a letter from the IRS, you're going to get audited. What kind of thinking do you do? Fearful, anxious. Another kind of thinking that some struggle with is, uh, I'm a loser. I can't. I'm no good. I always blow it. And uh, we get wired that way. And learning how to take thoughts captive with verses where Philippians 4, you've you've learned that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Um, Learn those verses that teach us that we can do what God wants us to do with his strength and power working in us. But you have to go over it and over it and over it and over it. And then fretting, worrying, just that repetition about the future. What, what, what am I going to do if, and so we fret and worry about the future. So the command not to worry is given over 20 times in the Bible. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And so I've identified these thoughts. These are eight different kinds of negative, wrong, sinful thinking. And I have verses for each one of those eight. And when one of those thoughts pop into my head, I automatically go to a verse, set my mind on that verse, and meditate on it, go over it, and it pushes the wrong thinking out. And, uh, but if I hadn't memorized it, I couldn't do that. Number 11. Uh, is that the one we're on? Oh, no, I forgot. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Able to judge the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Jeremiah 4.14. Wash your heart from evil. Wash your heart from evil, O Jerusalem, that you may be saved. How long will your wicked thoughts lodge within you? Number 11, memorizing and meditating on God's word will help us take every thought captive. So the average individual has 
very little control over what they think about. Their brain pretty much does what it wants, thinks about what it wants, pretty much stimulated by what we see, what we experience, thoughts get in our head, they easily get lodged in there, and we're naturally in our flesh bent towards the negative, the critical, the judgmental, the hateful, the bitter. That's what our, our natural bent is. And so if we're going to think right, uh, the way God wants us to think, we're going to have to work at it, and we're going to have to l- learn to listen to what's actually happening in our heads so we can choose to take those thoughts captive. Second Corinthians 10.5, we're destroying speculations. Speculations, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So you know, I've shared this with you, speaking of repetition, my morning prayer of commitment. Every morning, every morning, every morning, without fail, as soon as I know who I am and who the lady is sleeping next to me, I figure that out. Oh, well, that's Patty. Okay. I'm D. Yeah. I, I pray this prayer. Today, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I present myself to you. You're a Lord, Master, King. I will do whatever you want. I will obey you no matter how difficult or how hard it is. Then I have a list of commitments. And one of them is today I will take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every morning I say that. Today I will take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And, and so the repetition, repetition, every morning, every morning, every morning, I make that commitment. And so when wrong thoughts pop into my head, I've got to take that thought captive. And so I choose to set my mind on something else. Romans 8, 6 through 7, the mindset, mindset, that's what we're thinking about. On the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God for it does not subject itself to the law of God, is not even able to do so. Proverbs, uh, Philippians 3.19, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, his glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things, who set their minds on earthly things, Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. So mindset is a choice. You choose what you're going to think about. And so when you have verses, Bible verses memorized, you can choose to go to those verses uh, in the area in which we're struggling in our thinking. And it's, once you start doing it, it becomes almost habit. Wrong thought pops into your head. Wow, he's sure ugly. Pride, pride. God is opposed to the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Pride goes before fall, but a humble man will be exalted by God. And so then they just come into my head and it changes everything. But if you don't have them memorized, then you can't do it. Number 12, those who have made it a habit to memorize and meditate on God's word will have a strong character of self-control. So I've been pastoring going on 50 years, and one of the things that happens when you've been doing it for that long is that people tend to make comments in writing, and I've even had two books written about me. My name's not used, but they told me, Pastor, why don't you read this book? It's, I wrote it about you. And so it's sort of honoring. And there was a paper, uh, about a 25-page paper, a college assignment done. And the title of the paper was Why Dairy Farmer, Ex-Dairy Farmers Make the Best Pastors. And uh, they, they said, I'd like you to read that paper. It's, I wrote it about you. 
as an ex-dairy farmer. And so there were seven reasons why ex-dairy farmers make the best pastors. One of them was because they have to get up every morning at 4 o'clock and milk the cows. Every morning, every morning, every morning, every morning, 365 days a year. And every night, every night, every night. Now, I knew a lot of dairy farmers when I was farming. And I never heard any of them say, man, this is a rotten job. I got to get up every morning and every night and melt those stupid cows. I never heard anybody say that. I mean, little kids sometimes, but no, not dairy farmers. That's what they do. That's what they do. And they know that's where their income comes, their livelihood is. And every morning, and you know what happens when you do something every morning and every night and every morning and every night? Pretty soon, you enjoy it. It's your life. It's what you do. And you never think about it. And you never think, I think, am I going to do it this morning or not? I think I'll sleep in this morning. I've done it for seven days straight. Why not take a day off? Never. Never. So what is that? It's self-control. You do what you do because you're supposed to do it. You do what you do because you're supposed to do it. You don't feel like it. You don't want to do it, but you do it because that's what you're supposed to do. My dad had this little saying, you do right because it is right. Not because you like it, not because somebody's paying you. You do right because it is right. That's self-control. You override your will. You override the temptation of the devil. You override the crowds, the people around you. You do what's right because it is right. You do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it because that's what you're supposed to do. It's self-control. There's a whole lot of people in our culture that don't have much. And if you want to grow in self-control, memorize Bible verses. I've had so many people say, Pastor D, I would get in your leadership class in a heartbeat, but I can't memorize, and I don't want to have to get in your class and be memorizing and then be embarrassed because I don't, can't memorize. I said, you can memorize. No, I can't. Yeah, you can. Anybody can. Have you gotten lost going home lately? You know how to get home because you memorized the way home. You know your name. You know your phone number. You can memorize. You just have to... Develop your brain. Right now you're stupid. Because you haven't exercised it. It's got wimpy. So just exercise it. It's a bit, you can do that. Really. It just takes a little bit of work. A little bit of diligence. A little bit of effort. And you can. And then you will grow in self-control. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know... that? You know, Paul says that little phrase, do you not know? It's a great Bible study to look that up in your reference and see how many times he writes that. Uh, He puts that in front of things that are basic and important. Don't you know, dummy, that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Now, who doesn't know that? I mean, everybody runs a race. Somebody's going to win. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things, every detail of their life so they can win. Basketball player, football player, baseball player, track star, whatever they're in, they want to win it. They exercise self-control on what they eat when they go to sleep. Their exercise, every detail of their life is focused on winning. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. That is, nobody's going to remember two years from now who won the World Series. 
or the Super Bowl, a perishable wreath. But we, we on the other hand, exercise self-control in every detail of our life to win a prize that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. That is, I have goals. I box in such a way as not beating the air. I discipline my body, make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Wouldn't you like to be able to say that your body is your slave? That you never do what your flesh wants you to do? It always does what you decide to make it do? I'd like to be able to say that. Next time somebody says, Hey, you want some ice cream? No way. That's what I'd like to say. 13, most adult Christians don't memorize Bible verses because it's so hard. It's so hard. I said I did a uh, conference this last Saturday up in Washington. Seven churches got their men together, and we had a half-a-day conference from 8 till noon with some breaks for... Uh, coffee, etc. And uh, I, you've heard me say it all the time. It's so hard. Somebody should write a country song. I usually say, it's so hard to read my Bible every day. It's so hard to memorize Bible verses. It's so hard to pray every day. It's so hard to go to church all the time. Oh, somebody could write it. Well, and during one of the breaks, one of the guys that was a singer type, he came and sang the song. It was great. I thought, man, i got to get a recording of that and play it. It's so hard. Your kids say that? Dad, it's so hard. So how are you doing on your Bible memorizing? We could do a little survey. And most of you are not going to do very well. Matthew 7, 13. Enter through the narrow gate. The gate is wide, the way is broad, that leads to destruction. There are many who enter through it. The gate is small, the way is narrow, leads to life. There are few who find it. Another way of saying it is enter through the hard gate, not the easy gate. The easy gate leads to failure. The hard gate leads to success. So if it's so hard, that's the best reason I know to do it. So if you don't make a memorization goal and have a system, you won't do it. So somebody asked me the other day, they said, Pastor, what verses should I memorize? I said, do you read the Bible every day? They said, yeah, five days out of seven. (laughs) I said, while you're reading, uh, when you see a verse that just sort of jumps off the page at you, you uh, then uh, take a yellow crayon and highlight it or whatever you do to mark it. And then at some point when you want to memorize some more verses, just flip through your Bible and look at any yellow verses that there are that you haven't done. And then I use an app on my phone. It's called uh, Bible Memory. It's really cool. I love it. But a lot of people, they don't want to do that. So what I used to do is I had a 3 by 5 card, and I wrote the verse on the 3 by 5 card. And then I brought it down here to church, and Gene would laminate it. Because I did all my memorization work while I was sitting in the hot tub. I had a shoebox with my verses in there. And I would take out five verses. And while I was sitting there, I would review those verses. And then I would put them in the back. And the next time I got in the hot tub, I would take out five cards and review them while I was sitting in there. And then put them in the back. And if I didn't know it very well, then I put it back in the front. And so it was a simple system, but it worked quite well. 
uh, you can put a lot of cards in a shoebox. And so as you see verses that you like that speak to your heart, then you can memorize those. I'm memorizing Second Peter, the book we're going through. Uh, the last year I memorized the book of Colossians when we preached through Colossians. So I've memorized the book of First Peter. I've memorized the book of Colossians. I've memorized the book of Philippians. I've memorized the book of Hebrews. I've memorized the book of James. And I've memorized about half the Gospel of John and about 50 verses out of Psalms and about 40 verses out of Proverbs. Um, and so I'm pretty close to 800 verses memorized well. And I'm dumber than a fence post. Uh, most of you are quicker at memorizing than I am. But I just go over it and over it and over it and over it and over it. And pretty soon I have it. But if I don't review it, pretty soon I forget it. So I go over it again. Now, the nice thing I like about my app is that once I get it right, I do the first letter on the keyboard of each word. And so this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, when I get it wrong, it goes beep, and it turns red. Now, I often do it in the evening sitting in my recliner and Patty's in bed. And pretty soon she will say, would you either get the verse right or turn the beeper off? Because <laughs> it's going beep, 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 beep. So when I get less than 90% right, it kicks it back into review. I have to go over that one again next week. And so it, depending on how well I do, how long till the next review is. And it really, I love it. It works great. Plus I can carry it in my pocket. And when I'm riding in the car or a uh, sermon gets boring, I can pull it out and do a little... Monday night football, there's a halftime and everything. I pull it out and do a few verses during then. And so I get a lot done. 14, I use Bible memory, but there are many other tools to use. So, did you know that the things that are most effective in helping you grow as a Christian are the things that are the hardest? The things that are easiest are the ones that are least effective. So the very fact that very few people systematically memorize the Bible suggests to me that it is very, very profitable for you as a believer if you want to grow. And it keeps your mind sharp just on a what you might call a secular basis, helps you to think clear, it adds wisdom and knowledge and understanding from the word of God so you can think during the day, solve problems, understand things. And then plus you grow in your walk, your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you grow in self-control. I've written out over 30 reasons why it's good to memorize Bible verses and to meditate on them and go over them. And uh, there's probably way more than that. But just to motivate myself, I write those rewards out, those blessings, and read them to keep myself doing it every day, every day, every day. I spend 30 minutes every day reviewing and memorizing Bible verses. 30 minutes. The average person watches more television than that. And it'll transform your life. It'll transform your brain and your walk with God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's living and active and sharp as a two-edged sword. Lord, it judges to the very core of our being between soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Helps us to know who we really are. Lord, when we memorize your word, hide it in our heart, we will know your will. 
We will have the mind of Christ in us and it will transform us from the inside out. Your command is that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And Lord, we do that so easily, so powerfully by putting your word in our minds. I pray that each of us would be determined to do that. And we wouldn't allow the world, the busyness of life, the difficulty of it to keep us from that. And we would set a goal. uh, We would share it with others. We'd have a system. We would be diligent at pursuing this, becoming people who have your word hidden in our heart. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.